Praise God. Have any of you been asked this question? If God is God, why is there so many bad things happening? Have you heard that before? Standard question, is it not of all the non-believers? Oh, if God was God, this would be a happy place. Okay, well, I hope to help all of us to answer that question this morning. We need to understand how this whole thing works. But before we get there, let's just go to a few scriptures, and I'll tie them all up. The first one is in the Song of Solomon. Does everybody know where the Song of Solomon is? You find Psalms, you go to Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and then, I think I'm right, yes I am, get to Song of Solomon. We're going to just read a very short verse from there. You might ask, what has this got to do with the world being in a mess? But I'll explain. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, okay? All right, it says there, Catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines. That's the important phrase. The little foxes spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Let's go through to Matthew. Right, we're going to be reading in Matthew chapter 16 from 6 to 12. Matthew 16, verse 6 to 12. Then Yeshua said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they reason among themselves, Is it because we have taken our bread? But Yeshua, being aware of it, said to them, O you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves? Because you have bought no bread. Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves or the five thousand and how many baskets you took up, nor the seven loaves of the four thousand and how many large baskets you took up? How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. All right, let's just go while we're in Matthew. I'm just going to read one other scripture. Verse 19, 16 verse 19, where we were. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Amen. Father God, thank you for your precious word. Help us to rightly divide it this morning, that we might be educated, O Lord, that we may not be ignorant, and that we might be equipped to face the world in which we live. Thank you, Lord, that your word has the answers, and as we study your word, we too can have the answers for those who have honest questions. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Now, here we have the story where the Lord had a big set to as normal with the religious fraternity, and he's walking along, and he just happens to mention, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And the disciples thought he was talking about bread, they missed it completely, but then they got to it that he was talking about doctrine, okay, teaching. All right, now, you see, the emphasis is leaven. Leaven is a little bit, okay, yeast you'd call it. You put just a little bit in the bread, and it causes the whole bread to rise. Okay, so everybody got that little picture. Just a little bit of leaven and it affects the whole loaf, as it were. All right? 
That story about the little foxes, I think it's a reference to what happened with Samson. Does everybody know the story of Samson? He was really upset with the crowd somewhere there in Israel. They were battling with the Philistines. So he got so upset, what he did is he got little foxes. Now it's not too clear from the Bible what he actually did, but he put two foxes' tails together. I don't know if he attached a burning torch to them or if he just lit their tails. But anyway, their tails were burning, right? And if your tail is burning, what do you do? You run. You run. run. Okay. And what happened is they ran all through the wheat and through all the olive groves. And when you have a tail that's on fire and you run through that lot, you set it on fire. Okay. Have you all got the picture? You see? So the little foxes. Now the point is this. The Philistines looked at their crops as going up in flames and they wondered, what on earth's happening? All right? They didn't see the foxes. Why? Because the foxes are small. Can you see that? They didn't see the foxes and the foxes destroyed their whole crop. Amen? Well, they did eventually and they got quite grumpy with dear old Samson. You know the story, etc., etc. But you see, the point is this. There was a little thing happening which people didn't notice. It passed by unobserved. But because it was unobserved, it was devastating in its effect. But you see, they couldn't see the small foxes. So they saw their beautiful crops, and the foxes were busy going through them, lighting them with their tails. I always wonder what happened to those foxes in the end. Is there a river nearby with a whole lot of foxes (laughs) sitting there sizzling? Anyway, that's conjecture. But the point is, a little does a lot of damage. Does everybody get that? Now, let me just tell you, that's exactly how the devil works. Right? You see, you and I go along in life, and we think a certain way. Amen? And because everybody else thinks in the same way, we can't think that it's wrong. Am I right? We can't think it's wrong because that's how everybody thinks, you see. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, what has happened? Over time, the enemy has sowed a little seed, leaven. And it affects our thinking without us even realizing. The fox is running there. The little foxes are running through our minds, destroying the crop, and we don't even realize it. Okay, has everybody got that picture so far? Now, you see, we have a responsibility to identify the foxes, as it were. Amen? That's the church's job, not to allow leaven to destroy the church. Amen? Just one bit of wrong teaching can do a lot of damage. Has everybody grasped that? Now, let me explain what's happened. The enemy, very crafty. He comes with a lie that is so much like the truth that you think this must be God. All right? The most powerful lie is one that looks very, very much like the truth. You see this new money we've got. All right? This monopoly money. Dear God, what have we come to? But you'll see, this is 50 rand, all right? And now I'm a very great criminal and I want to counterfeit this 50 rand. But I don't counterfeit 50 rand, I counterfeit a 45 rand note. How far do you think I'd get? (laughs) Not far at all. How can I make sure that my counterfeit works? It's got to look as much like the original as 
possible. Can you all see that? So let me tell you something. A lot of the lies of the devil, they smell Bible. Amen? They reek of church. <laughs> they have a religious odor to them. They look good, you see. And what I'm going to say to you now will shock you because you think, well, everybody knows that. All right? And can I tell you one of the greatest lies the devil has put in the church? Are you ready for it? Because the moment I say this, you're going to look at me with funny eyes. You're going to look very carefully to see if I've got a pair of horns here. <laughs> and when I turn around, you're going to check if there's a tail. And later I'm going to look in the back of the car to see if I've left my pitchfork there. All right, so are you ready for this? Are you ready to be shocked? <laughs> I don't want to get crucified, okay, so I'm just preparing the way. But this is the big lie. God is all-powerful. <laughs> That's not a lie. God must be all-powerful. Everybody's looking at me rather weirdly, huh? Oh, this is wonderful. But you see, God is all-powerful. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But, but, it doesn't end with a full stop. Amen? If you are involved with business or anything and you sign a contract, what must you look at? The conditions, am I right? The title of this message is Look at the Conditions. Okay, now please just hang with me before you hang, draw and quarter me for speaking heresy. All right? God is all-powerful. Full stop. That lie has wrecked the church. Let me explain. Yes, God is all-powerful. Okay, please. He wouldn't be God if he wasn't. Does that make sense? All right? But can I tell you what the conditions are? God is all-powerful, but he has chosen to limit his power. All right? We've got to grasp that. He's chosen, he, almighty God, has chosen to limit his power. Oh, Graham, how can you say that? I can prove it very simply. Does God want every person on this earth to be saved? Yes or no? Yes. Why did the Lord die? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever. All right, God wants everybody saved. Can I ask you question number two? Is everybody saved? So God's will is to have everybody saved, but not everybody is saved. Why is that? Because he gave human beings will, all right? And when he gives you and I free will, do you know what he is saying? I'm limiting my power. Does everybody grasp that? Amen? Why? Well, you see, he wanted us to have free will so that we could love. Amen? I get the feeling he got quite lonely up there in heaven. So these bunch of angels, one son, <laughs> no other sons to wrestle with. And the son's getting a bit old. So I need some more sons to discipline and daughters. You understand? Now, this 
listen, you and I, if we do not have free will, cannot love. Did you know that? I'll give you an illustration. When I was a little boy, I had a teddy bear. I was very fond of my teddy bear. It got quite scruffy after a while, especially after I tried to give it a haircut. <laughs> it's funny how children get attached to a toy. There's little Isabella at the school. She's got the scruffy doll, and she loves the thing. It's green feet, that's right, but she loves it. Now, I love this teddy bear, you see. I had a wonderful cousin who gave me a name for the teddy bear, Jezebel. Dare I say it, a good Baptist lady. <laughs> At that stage, my knowledge of the Old Testament, that's five years old, wasn't too good, so I didn't understand that Jezebel was the most wicked queen Israel had ever had, but I thought it suited this teddy bear. Now, listen, why am I telling you about my teddy bear? Well, can I explain something? I tried to convince myself that if I loved this teddy bear enough, it would come alive. He would come alive. <laughs> Isn't that cute? What broke my heart at boarding school is that I could go to school have everything, but the only thing I couldn't take was the teddy bear. Okay, so that's where this relationship came to a horrific end. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is, you see, that bear, even though it had a metal music box inside of it that played Brahms' lullaby when you wound it up, which is probably to this day why I love Brahms, but it was just stuffing and material and plastic eyes, right? It couldn't love. Could it? No matter how much I loved it, it couldn't love me. It had no will. You understand? The point is God wants people to love him. But you can't love him if you are incapable of loving him. You can't love a robot. You can enjoy a robot, but that robot cannot love you. No matter how clever human science makes that robot look human, it cannot because it does not have its own will. Has everybody got this so far? So you see, here we have God, who is all-powerful, but he's chosen to limit his power. Does everybody get that? Now that's the first lie. Oh, God is all-powerful. And so we say, well, if God is all-powerful, why is everything in such a mess? You understand? Well, you see, there's another part to this lie. You see, the Christian comes to the understanding that we have got our own free will and we just exercise our will to walk the straight and the narrow. All right, now, for information, God didn't leave it at that. He didn't just want somebody that could love him. He created some being that was like him, all right? And God's nature is to rule and to reign. Can you all say amen? amen? So when he created you and I, not only did he want us to have a will, but he wanted us to be exactly like him in every respect. His nature is to rule and to reign. So he couldn't create a being that was just made to be a servant. Does that make sense? We had to be beings like him. So that's why he gave us a little world, you see. And you know what he said to Adam? Rule and reign. Can you see that? That's what he said. 
He gave Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden the instruction. Rule. Rule. I want you to be rulers. Amen? Can you see that? We all know the story. Man sold out to the devil. And in the moment they did that, the devil became the God of this world. Can everybody see that? In the time when the Lord was tempted, one of the tricks the devil came to him and said, listen, look at all the kingdoms of the earth. He took him up on top of the mountain. He said, look at all the kingdoms of the world. All this I will give to you. I'll give this all to you if you just bother me for a few seconds, just get it over with and then you can have it. No cross, no problem, just you can rule. Can you see the temptation? The Lord never said to him, it's not yours to give me. Did you know that? Do you know why I didn't say that? Because he couldn't. Do you know why he couldn't? Because the devil had been given that authority by man. The Bible describes him as the prince of the earth. Amen? Now, along comes dear old Christian, and then the Lord came. As we know, he died on the cross of Calvary. What he did then was he took that authority away from the devil, right? And he gave it to the church. Has everybody got that clearly in our minds? That scripture, I give to you the keys of the kingdom. Keys speak of authority. When you buy a house, what happens? The estate agent, when you've paid the deposit and everything, what do they do? Here are the keys. I mean, and God said to the church, I give to you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, in the spirit realm. Whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in the heavens. All right. So you see, the truth of the matter is that Mankind, because of sin and because of the devil's rule, has turned this place, by and large, into a toilet. All right? Whose job is it to clean it up? Whose job is it to clean it up? We've got to grasp this, church. It takes responsibility to understand something. It's so easy to say, oh, well, God is in control. What will be, will be. That's comfortable, isn't it? The world's going to pot. I just turn over on my bed and say, Do you want me to sing it? Whatever will be, will be. Doris Day theology. The future's not ours to see. You see? Now, with that little lie sewed into the Christian's brain, the devil is free to do as he pleases. Amen? Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's free to do exactly as he pleases. The only way we can stop it is A, to know our responsibility. Amen? You see, if we shirk our responsibility, it's not going to happen. Does that make sense? If you're studying for matric, you have a responsibility, do you not? 
You can't just roll over and say, well, my dad got distinctions. We'll just see what happens. When I get into the exam, whatever will be, will be. <laughs> You'd never think of that, would you? You understand? What's the easy thing? Not to take responsibility, is it not? Why is it that us humans don't want to take responsibility? Can anybody answer the question? Would you like to explain this to me? I don't understand it myself, even though I'm a prime example. Human psychology. For some reason, we don't want to take responsibility. It's much easier to blame the pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Am I right? It's much easier to blame the system. It's much easier to blame the political system. See, so church, what we have to do now is grow up. Christians have to take responsibility. Now, you see, the lie doesn't stop there. All right? The lie doesn't stop there. Do you understand if we've got this idea, God is all-powerful, full stop? Right there we can say, well, it's not my problem. And people have said things like, why bother to pray? If God knows the answer, why bother to pray? That makes a lot of sense, does it not? If you've stopped as far as God is all-powerful, then it does make sense. Can you see? So what I'm trying to say is the little fox that's running through our thinking is God is all-powerful. So an atheist comes and says, well, I don't pray because why pray? If God's all-powerful, what's going to happen is going to happen. Why must I pray? It's not going to change anything. Big mistake. Big mistake. God has chosen to restrict his power by giving responsibility to mankind. That's why it's our job to pray. Hallelujah. If we don't pray, God is stuck. It must be very frustrating to be God. I can understand why I'm not God. The world would have disappeared. Poof, long ago. <laughs> Starting with a little individual by the name of Graham. <laughs> God has given us responsibility, you see. If we don't know that we've got responsibility, we won't take it up, will we? If we've been told, and this is Reformed theology, basically, the biggest curse in the world for information, a lot of people want to shoot me for saying that. But I'm going to say it anyway, all right? Because the heart of Reformed theology is God's all-powerful. There's nothing you can do. And it sounds very clever because now I can say, who am I? Can you see this nice holy look that's on my face? Oh God, you are all powerful. Who am I? Who am I? Just a suffering servant. It's your will that I be sick. It's your will that I be poor. If it be thy will that I amount to nothing on this earth, thou art all powerful. All I must do is be humble. Can you see how clever that sounds? How religious that sounds? But actually, it's a stench in the nostrils of Almighty God. Did you know that? Because he's given us responsibility. Can you see that? Now, with responsibility comes the power. Does everybody get that? If you know that you're responsible for the company, the company will give you the keys to the factory and give you the codes to the computers and help you to do what you have to do. Am I right? 
Would it make sense if, oh, we appointed you as the CEO? Okay, well, where must I work? No, you'll have to work outside in your car. You're giving them the responsibility, but you haven't given them the power. Can you see that? Now, if you and I don't think we have the responsibility, we're not going to look for the power, are we? We're not going to even look for it. And God help anybody who comes and tells us about the power that is available. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're trying to be like God. Go for your information. We're supposed to be like God on earth. Does everybody get that? I mean, if we are children of God, it would make sense to my brain that we'd be like God. Don't you think so? Has anybody here given birth to a cat? That would be funny, wouldn't it? That would be an abomination. God's children are like him. Does everybody get this? But if we think, oh no, oh no, oh no, God is all powerful. Who am I? Who am I? A little reed blown around by the wind at the hands of Almighty God. How much are you going to amount to? Nothing. And the devil laughs. <laughs> can you understand? And then he can continue to do on the earth exactly what he wants to do and what he's doing now. Now you see, what is part of this power that we have been given? Well, the weapon of our warfare, for your and my information, is faith. Amen. This is the victory that we have over the world, even our faith. Amen. Faith. That's why, brothers and sisters in Christ, we have got to learn how this thing works. We've got to understand faith and we've got to operate in it. Amen. If we don't, guess what? The devil will laugh and you'll say, there they go again, the dear Christian folk playing church. And you know what he will say? Let me tag along just to enjoy the party. The devil comes to church, did you know that? Yeah. He sits in the front row very often. Not that I'm pointing fingers at anybody. <laughs> but what am I saying? You and I have responsibility. Not only to be what God's made us to be, but to operate like him. Amen? Does that mean we want to take over God's position? No. Faith is how to let God release his power on our behalf. That's what it's about, not our power. But the two become indistinguishable if we operate correctly. Did you know that? Stephen was regarded as a mighty man of faith and power. He did mighty miracles. And he wasn't even a preacher. How's that? He wasn't even a preacher. He served tables. <laughs> in other words, if the least in the kingdom does that, what about the rest? Can you see? If the church was filled with this understanding, and many parts of the body are, please don't get me wrong. But if we all understood this, we could have changed this world around. Did you know that? That was the early church. It's been calculated that the early church, if they had continued the way that they started out, could have saved the entire world of that day within a year. Did you know that? That's why the Lord was speaking about his coming as if it was going to happen just down the road. But what happened? 
the leaven of the Pharisees. Can you see? You think you're God. You see, and you're sitting in the pew there and you think, am I God? No, I'm not God. I'm just a miserable offender. Oh God, have thy way in my life. You understand? And the devil rubs his hands, I'll have my way in your life. <laughs> Slap you around. Thank you, God. Teach me a lesson. <laughs> devil rubs his hands with glee. Oh, yes, I love this. Slap you around. Oh, God, thank you. I have the courage and the faith to see it through. Listen. God gave me a vision. Well, not a vision, it's a picture. I'm going to put it up here. This is what's going to happen to the church if we don't get this right. You might remember that in 1945, America dropped the first atomic bomb in history on a city called Hiroshima in Japan. Does everybody know that? Right? Almost exactly 45 years ago. It was the 6th of August. I think it was 1945, yeah. After that bomb hit Hiroshima, that is all that was left. Can you see that? Yeah. That's all that was left from one bomb. Amen? Now, why am I showing you this picture? Well, can I just tell you what the Lord said? If we, the church, do not grasp who we are and start operating with the powers that God has given us, can I tell you, within a year or two, that's what the church is going to look like. Amen? That is what the church is going to look like. Complete devastation. And it's all because of what? The little foxes, you see. The seed that's been planted in the thinking. Almighty God is in control. Yes, God is in control. But what has he done with that control? He's given it to us. Kenneth Hagin shares the story. He had an open vision of the Lord Yeshua in hospital there. Came to his bed and he was having a discussion, just like I'm having a discussion now with you. He said when he saw him, his hair stood up on his head. Can you imagine? Oh my dear me. But he's having this discussion, asking certain questions. And while they're having this discussion, a little demon came between them and started going yakety 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 yak. Kenneth Hagin says he waited for the Lord to rebuke the demon. Guess what happened? The demon continued yakety 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 yak. Eventually, Kenneth Hagin got fed up and said, Satan, be gone. Pshh, gone. All right? After it had happened, he said to the Lord, Lord, why didn't you tell the demon to go? Do you know what the Lord said to him? I couldn't do it. Huh? What? The ruler of the universe couldn't do it? Quite a thought, isn't it? He said, if you didn't do anything about it, I couldn't. Why? I've given you the keys to the kingdom. When God gives something, it's without repentance. Imagine if you're trying to work for a boss. And he says, okay, I want you to take care of this department, that department, that department. So, okay, right, get going. 
Next minute, the boss comes and he's organizing this department and that department. And is that going to work? Is that going to work? At one stage, we were in a church. I'll tell you what. And the pastor thought, this is wonderful. Because he liked to preach, you see. So he thought, you know what? I'll just preach. I'll let Graham and Janet look after all the messy business, change all the nappies out there. And <laughs> so we're busy trying to change all the nappies out there. And guess what? All of a sudden, the pastor's trying to also change the nappies as well. And it was a bit of a mess. You understand? It doesn't work. God has got order. Does everybody get this? So when he says you've got to do the job, what have we got to do? Do the job. If we don't do it, it does not get done. And that's a sad state of affairs in the world. God has told us to sort the mess out. It hasn't been done. Does that answer the question? Why there's so much bad stuff going on in the world and in our own lives? Sometimes you can't tell people that because they're not mature enough to understand their responsibility. Did you know that? A child can't grasp the responsibility that it's going to have, does it? Imagine saying to one of those little kids, you know what? You've got to look after your own food and do everything from now on. We teachers are going to leave you there. The books, do it. That's a good way to run a school, don't you think? God knows what we'll do to each other, but... <laughs> okay, I've said enough. Does everybody get this? We have a responsibility, church, to understand our responsibility and to learn the weapons of our warfare to get up our backsides and fight. If we don't, we're going to lose it. Amen? We're going to lose it. We're going to have to live with this mess. Can you see that? And I'm going to do everything I can to stop it. I'm trusting God that you'll help me. Amen? Amen. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord, for your word to us. Help us, Lord, to make a difference in this world in which we live. You've given us the keys to the kingdom. What more could we possibly want? Help us to learn how to use those keys, Lord, and to make a difference, starting in our own lives, starting in our own families, starting in our own schools, our own places of business, our own sphere of influence. Help us, Lord, to stand up and to be accountable. Help us to be the people you want us to be so that this world can become the place that it was intended to be. In your mighty name, amen. Amen.